Miles, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going? I'm good. Just uh, enjoying my afternoon. Yeah. How's the weather in Salt Lake City today? Uh, it's good. It's uh, We're in the very brief period where it's spring before it gets very hot. So, Are you guys still getting up to the mountains at all or are they closing up? Uh, most of them are closed. Um, I haven't gone in a couple weeks, but one of the mountains we belong to is still open. So I'll probably still do a couple more days. Cool. What's your What's your go-to resort up in... Uh, Snowbird. Canary. Snowbird. Yeah. I don't know if you're like familiar. Very familiar. Yeah. So how do you, I'm just curious before we get started, how do you, how do you like, uh, how do you like the ski, the ski, uh, scene in, in, uh, Salt Lake and in, in Utah versus Tahoe from being in the barrier? Um, I mean, it's less of a scene yeah. almost. Uh, I mean, it depends where you go. Uh, but like, I mean, when I used to live in San Francisco, I, I probably skied five days a year. Um, now I try to ski. I won't make it this year, but like the year last year, I did like 47 days. Yes. Um, this epic. year, I think I'm only going to make like 34. Still not bad. Yeah. And I like, typically I go during the week at least once a week. I'm, I mean, I'm 34 minutes from six ski resort, different ski resorts. So, uh, I think it's less of a scene versus like going to parts of Tahoe in that sense. But like, yeah, I mean, it's like you live, I, I at least live skiing here in a way that like for Tahoe, I, I never did. It's part of the culture there. It's just, everyone does it first. You're going up to the mountains for the week. You'd be surprised that there are some people that don't. Yeah. But it's certainly part of like my daily life. Yeah. And like, I love it. It's, like it's the biggest reason we moved here. Dude, that is so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel I I didn't get up to the mountains once this year. I've just been hunkered down working. So uh, it's been it's been the most snow on record since like nineteen eighty when they started recording it. I know. I was I didn't buy an icon pass this year and I every time someone tried to invite me to go, I was like this is going to be a $1,500 weekend yeah. and I really don't want to spend that to sit in lines. Yeah. That's so, why when people ask me to go to a resort that I don't have like a pass yeah. to, I'm like, we can meet for like dinner. It's not worth it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm really stoked to get to connect with you and, and, uh, to really start off, uh, why don't you give us a little background on you and like, how did you get started with, with M Taylor? Yeah, so I started M Taylor with a friend uh, right out of college. Um, so I dropped out. Uh, I was doing a master's in computer science, uh, specializing in AI. Um, you know, AI is super hot right now. I was doing it. It was. St- I felt hot at the time, honestly, but now it's like I mean, nothing like what it was then. Um, and co-developed. So we're we're an e-commerce business, but I mean. I've never thought of myself as an e-commerce person, um, even though I know a lot about it now. Uh, I'm really a, a math and computer science and technology person. Um, so like if people don't know what we do, we sell custom clothing by measuring you with your phone's camera. Um, so everything we make is custom. It's in our own factory that we own. But the real key part of our business is that we measure you with the camera on your phone. And that's technology that originally I co-developed with, uh, with one other person. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's really how I got started was we spent a long time making the technology. And then from there we built 
uh, custom clothing business around this unique ability for us to measure you as accurately as a tailor from home. That's awesome. As someone that's gone through it and used it, I love it. I think your app is awesome and it's spot on with how, how close you guys can get with, uh, with actually getting a really amazing fit on individual clothes. But like, let's talk about like, what is it? What, how did you, how did you come up with the idea for this? Like, this is a lot of undertaking, you know, app, infrastructure, technology, <laughs> supply chain, logistics. You're covering like every aspect versus a regular D2C business is like, we'll build the Shopify site. Uh, we'll design some stuff. We'll find a factory. They'll make it to us. We'll send it to a 3PL and it will essentially financially arbitrage ads to product sales. Your business is a little more complicated than that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it's a better business, but it is certainly more complicated. Um, so we started at it from the technology side. Um, and then uh, originally got the idea from, I saw my dad buy a bunch of Brooks Brothers shirts online. Like he bought like seven. And it just like really got me thinking like, why did he buy that online? Cause we're, we're a big shopping family. We always bought clothes in person. And the answer was he already owned one of them. He knew exactly how it would fit. And so he was only ordering something that he actually knew the size. So the original idea and concept was if we could measure you as accurately as a tailor, we could tell you what would fit. Um, and we saw a really great, fit with custom clothing, no pun intended, um, that not only could we kind of tell you you're like a medium in something, but we could actually get you a better fit than um, what you, you know, might get even if you try everything on. Um, so originally, we were actually going to try to partner with other brands. And at the time, there was like a new custom clothing company launching online like every day. Um, and, um, we just saw a couple of things and the biggest one was a, these companies were doubtful that our technology would work, which is fair. It was two 23 year old kids who knew nothing about clothing. Um, the other aspect was we saw by measuring people automatically, it was going to change the economics of the business and none of the other businesses were being run in a way that would take advantage of that. And so we said, how hard could it be? And we launched our own brand and company. If I had known how hard it would be, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> um, and then we worked with outside factories for a number of years. Um, and making stuff custom on demand is just, it's really complicated and really hard. Um, and I'm probably one of the worst factory owners in the world, but at the same time, they're just like, there aren't enough of our businesses. Like as an example, I just got an email like a week ago from one of our, one of those sort of last companies that was founded at the time that just went bankrupt. Um, and the reason they went bankrupt is kind of obvious is you can't ever make either paid ads work or like the economics work if people are measuring themselves. 
A, the friction for getting people to yeah. order from you is really high and um, the clothes don't fit that well. So then you get like really high returns, which kills your margins. Um, so we worked with outside factories for a long time. It was always very tense. The quality control wasn't where we wanted it to be. The pricing wasn't where we wanted it to be. And so we ended up setting up our own factory and, um, and it's been great. I mean, typically our clothes are delivered in like two weeks now. Our margins are like 55% plus, um, including shipping and returns and everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was probably a two year undertaking to get that set up. Like really, but now it works really well. It was probably awesome. a, a huge asset. When for did us. you guys, when did you guys, uh, acquire or launch your own factory? I want to say 2017. I think it's been like five or six years. Okay, cool. We worked with an American factory and then like three or four different Chinese factories at various times uh, before setting up our own. And that's one of the things about custom is moving factories is actually extremely difficult because when you try to end a relationship with a factory, um, you have orders being processed every day. Um, so we ended up having to like remake hundreds of orders. Um, oh my God. I can't imagine you did it multiple times, right? Yeah. Depending on the factory, they were more professional than others. Yeah. Um, but that was also one of the things that we saw with like other custom clothing businesses. We ended up building our own factory. A lot of the other ones, their factory ended up making an investment and like sitting on their board. Um, and like end up controlling them. I was just talking to someone actually where they, they're in a, in a, a different space, like sports apparel, but they're trying to make custom stuff and they're considering getting an investment from their factory. And it's like, if you do that, you're, you're dead. Cause you're never going to be able to improve on your margins. Well, how, how are things going right now and how have they been through, through the last couple of years? I can imagine that with supply chain issues for where they were at during COVID, did that impact you guys and how are you able to, to really ship and <laughs> yeah. get product? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, COVID, I mean, frankly, COVID was terrible for our business. We mostly sell clothing for people going to work or going to an event and no one was doing either of those for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that was difficult. Like our repeat revenue dropped overnight. Um, our, you know, new customer revenue was tough. Um, and then also even the revenue that we got. Um, we, I, you know, maybe it's because I'm like a mathy person. And I'm not, I certainly wasn't the first person to realize COVID was a big deal. I also thought it'd be over by May. Yeah. But we were certainly the first factory in all Bangladesh to be aware of it. We had masks. Um, we had airflow going, we had everyone wearing gloves cause you didn't know anything at the time. And, um, our factory, unlike most other factories that were closed for months, our factory was only closed for like two weeks. Um, and then we still have no known cases of, um, COVID transmission inside the factory. Some people got it outside the factory. Um, but not in the factory because we were super careful. Uh, but then um, our shipping prices 
we airship everything. Um, and that went, I think it went six or seven X, um, in price. Wow. And even with that, we couldn't even get on planes for a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was tough. (laughs) Um, uh, but we made it through, um, and you know, things are a lot more stable now. I'm, I'm curious with your fulfillment process, how does it work? Do you guys, do you guys like airship in bulk and then fulfill individual orders? Like once it hits the States or is everything just going directly direct from factory to consumer's door? Um, it's a bit of both in the sense that like it's air freighted together. So let's say like a thousand items, okay, but they're in a big, yeah, they all get but they're pre packaged. Yeah. Um, um, they're already like, like we don't have any warehouse or anything in the U S it goes through customs. And then within like eight hours, um, goes to, um, you know, we, we mostly use USPS. So it, mo- it goes basically, it's in a warehouse for like six hours or something until USPS picks it up. And then they're already labeled and packaged for, for USPS. And kind of where you, where are you guys at with the business right now? I know you guys have been in, in, in operations for a while now. And I noticed too, that you guys have actually been running uh, almost like a crowdfunding campaign, right? Yeah. So um, that's, like I said, we've always been like a technology company and I'm passionate about our, our clothes and our fit. And we're still very much like working to improve that experience and that profitability. But a big thing we're focused on is one of the things when I kind of described our original um, vision, which was helping people buy clothes online. Um, one of the things we realized for non-custom clothing is that measurements aren't enough. Um, people like, I know I'm probably a medium in almost every brand telling me I'm a medium. It's just like, not that compelling. Um, Whereas what people really wanted is I want to see the clothes on me. Okay. I know the medium is my size, but I want to see, are the sleeves too long? Is it flat? I want to see what that turtle looks like. Yeah. And when we started the company, some type of visualization like that was science fiction. Frankly, I probably could have raised a lot more money on that vision, I just knew for, you could have given me an unlimited amount of money back then. And I couldn't have figured out how to do it. Um, but in the last couple of years, I mean, a lot of computer graphics and AI stuff has made, uh, a lot of progress. Um, and so it sort of went from being impossible to being merely very hard. And so we're in the middle of developing. 3D visualization previews. Um, And that's like the big thing that we're sort of focused on. And we're starting by rolling that out inside of mTaylor and making sure mTaylor customers really like it. But the ultimate dream and vision of that is anywhere you shop online. And people have talked about this for like, I mean, since the internet. Yeah, for years. Um, So we're not new in that vision, but... I've been doing this for 10 years and the only reason I'm working on it now is because now is when it's possible to do it. Um, 
And so we're probably going to have that technology fully built out in the next like 12 to 18 months and then start to work with other retailers of, of letting you actually see how something's going to fit before, um, before you actually order it. Um, and so, yeah, we're doing, um, we're raising some funds. We've raised like 1.9 million already from customers. Congratulations. And, um, yeah, that's we're still awesome. raising. So if, if any of your listeners, you know, want to hop on. No, that's so cool. So is your, is your game plan where obviously you guys are still going to have M Taylor, your supply chain, your whole business here, but is the, is the end goal too, where you can be able to license that tech out to other retailers and let's say there's, there's a 10, 20, 30 million a year brand that's using Shopify could essentially plug in an app the M Taylor app and use the same tech. Is that the game plan? Yeah. Um, it won't be quite as easy as plug and play because ultimately we need the designs and sizes of your clothes. We need assets. Yeah. You're going to need 3d renderings of assets, right? Well, we'll, we'll do the 3d rendering, but we'll need like, I mean, I can't render something if I don't know like the specs of the size of it and stuff. Um, but essentially, yeah, it'll be like, I mean, our dream is, you know, you're, you're a bathing suit company, you're a, you know, t-shirt company, you're a dress shirt company. Anyone can have a, a visualization of how your product's going to fit on them. And you said that should be more or less available like sometime in the next like 18 months. Yeah. Very cool. We're already like the core technology is already developed, but as you can probably imagine, there's a lot of edge cases to making it work. Like working 80% of the time is not working. It needs to work like 98% of the time. Um, so yeah, it just takes time. But the core technology risk, we've already de-risked it. Like we can have good looking 3D visual assets. Um, and as you know, our, our measurement technology already works. So yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, are you, when do you guys think you'll, is that 18 months that you're going to roll that out to M Taylor customers or you think it might be out? No, we're already rolling out tests of it inside of M Taylor. Don't, don't tell all our M Taylor customers, but that's <laughs> one of the things I'm obsessed with yeah. is I want to make sure that, uh, people inside the M Taylor app, like view it as a good experience. So every test we roll out as a 50-50 test with the benchmark being, does it improve yield? And I'm not going to roll it out to another company until we're super confident that at least inside of M Taylor, it really helps people buy clothes. So what's the, what is the, is the roadmap for the next like five, six years really scale up both verticals of the business and see where they go? Yeah. Um, on the um, on the clothing side, I think the I mean there are a few different things. Um, so like um, we have a very weird process, um, and like just in terms of like versus a normal Shopify app, we're one of the only companies that's like download our app, right? Um, which is pretty weird for an apparel business. Um, we never cracked Facebook ads for years. And like, um, we finally figured it out about three months before all the IDFA stuff. 
which was actually sending people to our website who would then download the app, even though we were trying to keep them on the website. Uh, but they all wanted to test the technology. Uh, but Facebook could still track all of that. Um, and then that broke. Um, and so we've been trying to figure out how to get, you know, digital ads like working as well as they were working prior to that. And we have a particularly tough time because of that web to app like break. It was already tough. Um, and it just became a lot tougher. Um, but, uh, one of the unique insights I've had, sorry, not just me, but like the company, um, is we are really the only company where you can buy a suit online and like never go into a store. So, I mean, yes, we're, we can buy a dress, you can buy a dress shirt from us and that's custom and it fits better, but you can order a dress shirt. You literally, unless you want to measure yourself with a tape measure, you cannot order a suit online that will actually show up and fit. We are the only company that can do that. Um, wow. Essentially, like 90 plus percent of suits are sold in person for that reason. Um, so I really think we should be a much, much bigger suit business because we're really the only ones that can sell it to you online. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, especially, I, you know, I remember probably like three, four, five years ago, you had Combat and Gent and like all of these other brands that were in the suit market and really scaling a lot through the groomsmen suits and all of that era. I don't even know where they're at right now, but yeah, they went bankrupt. They went bankrupt, like yeah. almost all of these businesses. Uh, the Black Tux is still around, which is like purely a rental business and like makes sense. But like, sadly, I'm in a wedding where I could not convince them all to do M. Taylor. So I will be wearing a uh, a uh, Black Tux rental, but like, it's not going to look good. That's a bummer. Well, next wedding, I I know I'm definitely going to recommend everyone get M. Taylor. Uh, it's a, it's okay. You know, the problem is we don't have like a rental program. Yeah. So it's really a question of if you want to either pay for it all yourself or we've never focused on doing weddings. We definitely have had like we did my wedding when I got married last year. Um, but uh, I will say, and that's like a product area that we could expand into. Uh, that we've thought about a lot, but like something like where it's like very focused on groomsmen um, and like that whole experience where like you're tracking everyone's, they all have the exact same specs. There's a, there's a lot of stuff you want to do there. Um, we just haven't focused on that. You know, it's, it's interesting because like last year I was in, I, I went to eight weddings and I was in four of them and, uh, obviously had to buy four different suits or get in a tux. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, most of the time, no, I feel like everyone right now for the most part just buys a suit because it's the same price as renting a tux. And then at least you don't have to return it and you can keep it. So I feel like that could be a massive, massive opportunity for you guys. You know, if you had the right lead. Yeah. I mean, one of the things in life that I've had to come to grips with is, I'm, I usually get excited about ideas and, uh, I want to do 50 ideas. And like, I really like my team only has the bandwidth for two. So 
I've had to, I used to be like, if you ask, even now, if you ask my team, they're like, Miles wants to do too many things. So I would say the older I get, the more I realize it's not a bad idea. It might even be the right idea, but I've decided that some other idea is worth our time more than that, even though I think that that might be a good idea. For sure. Do you guys have an an Android app too, or is it just iOS? Uh, Yeah, we have both. Um, The Android app gets a little bit less love, but we actually just rewrote the entire Android app. Um, So it's like more performant and modern now. You know, it'd be interesting, and I'm just saying it could be a test for your marketing team, but to throw up a couple different hooks in videos, like very, very simple, you know, very direct offer videos being like, um, if, you know, if you're getting married and you're looking for groomsmen suits and you're tired of having these insanely high costs of all your groomsmen have to pay for these suits and nothing ever fitting and having to deal with the logistics of people being in every, your product actually solves a massive pain for it. It would be interesting if you just built the lander, right? Put someone. Yeah. Through. The only, the thing that the, the only thing I would want to do beyond the lander basically is you want to make sure they all get the same suit. So like, as an example, right now, the way our program works is like, if you order a black suit, 99% you're going to get it. There's a 1% chance we might run out of that fabric for some reason. Got it. It's not that big a deal. But it could happen. For your wedding, that's a huge deal. You can't do that. Um, The other one is like, you really want someone, and it could be a Google sheet to start, but like someone from our customer support team pounding your groomsmen to make sure that they all get For their sure. stuff you and almost, that they like it and yeah. that it fits. And that they're not waiting till last minute to order or download the app. It's almost yeah. like you would need, yeah, you're right. You would need like a con, like a, like a wedding concierge on your team. We, I mean, our customer support team is, I mean, we have yeah. 12, 15 people. Um, so we have the bandwidth to do it. We just need to set it up. Um, those are really the only two pieces of software. And if you talk to my VP of engineering, he would say that we should do this. And it's like, then I tell him, uh, you know, what project that you're working on now, do you want to kill to work on it? And he'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's the problem. You can't work on everything on the back end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for anything, even like, I mean, I was just having a conversation with my head of e-com today about, like changing our PDP or versus our PLP versus some new emails. They're all good ideas, but like, which ones are you going to work on first? And like, you have to pick. Yeah. You got to have the roadmap. What's going to have the highest ROI. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else, what else is, uh, anything else going on in the future for you guys, either staffing up, hiring, expanding? Yeah. I mean, we, we're doing the most hiring we've ever done um, because of this fundraise uh, where we're really, it's kind of crazy, but for a long time, we really did run just as like an e-commerce company. And um, what that meant was we never had more than two full-time engineers and then slash also like machine learning people. Um, Now we're at four, uh, we're at six. And we're hiring another three. Um, so we've brought the technical talent from 
you know, not maintenance. We were doing new stuff, but like now we have the, we're going to start having the bandwidth to really bring the 3D visualization project and some of the other fit projects I want to do like to fruition where we're, we're really focusing on the technology. That's awesome. Like fully building out the engineering team. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks for coming on today, Miles. I know we're, we're running up on time, but if anyone wants to uh, learn more or experience M. Taylor, where can they, where can they check you guys out? Yeah. I mean, mtaylor.com if you want to order some stuff or M. Taylor in the app store. Um, you can invest in us at wefunder slash M. Taylor if you want to check out. You can read our financials, which, you know, I always find fun reading companies' financials. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, um, but I'm still on Twitter. Uh, so you can find me there. Cool. We'll put all those links in the show notes so everyone has access to them. Doesn't have to search for them. But Miles, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on. And I really enjoyed getting to learn a little bit more about the roadmap. And I definitely can't wait to be testing out uh, that new AI feature in app when it's when it's there. Yeah. It's and if, cool. you, uh, if you uh, want to ski better than in California, uh, let me know. And I, I show you definitely around. will let you know. It would be great to get out next season. Awesome. Hi, Mark. Have a good day. Thanks, Miles.